out of but my whole life I've been trying to cover up for people not to think that I am like this fake but I think it's because I always was really ashamed of where I come from You're listening to Miss City Podcast, hosted by Lena and Daniela of Mystic Home. We created this podcast to share our passion of empowering people. We want to encourage you to find and connect with your own abilities and inner strength. Our aim is to help you breach the gap of being human and connect with your spiritual self. And by sharing our own experiences and reflections, we open up the conversation for mystical ideas and how to integrate them in our human lives. Podcast numero quattro. <laughs> Podcast numero fyra. Nice. It's recording, Lina. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> so now all the people from Skåne also understand what we're talking about. Yes, and Perfect. maybe we have some people that also talk Spanish, and now they know. Okay, so we covered it all. Perfect, that's actually good with our topic for today, which is? Cultural background. Yes. That sounded so professional. Yeah, really. <laughs> but I think it's kind of fun because to think about it now, we've known each other for a while, but we haven't really talked about like how we grew up and what it was like and then moving, like being in the States and then for you to come here, for me to come back here and just tapped on it a little bit, I think. Yeah. Well, welcome back everybody to our Missed Podcast. We are so excited to get together again and talk a little bit about human stuff. Mm-hmm. And La- also to get to know us a little bit more. And for those of you that we see maybe every week in our classes and just for you to get to know us a little bit better. And very interesting that this podcast comes at this time in my life because for so, so, so long, I was so ashamed of where I grew up. You were. Yes, because I grew up in a very small town in Colombia and I always wanted to be from the city. I wanted Mm. to be a city girl um, because um, I was really ashamed that I was in such a small little town. And I think a lot of my things, the things that I used to do were covering up the fact that I thought that maybe people were going to know that I come, that I know nothing because I come from a very small town and who I am to say anything or to have an opinion or, Mm. or to be anybody. So at this time in my life, it's very interesting that all, and also I grew up in a farm and things like that. So I not only wanted to be a city girl, but I wanted to actually live in the town at least. <laughs> but did you go to school in a town? In a very small town. In a small town as in well. In a very small town. But when did you move? But I, so I grew up in a farm that was like 30 minutes away from the little town. Mm-hmm. So it was like. A car, like a, I wouldn't a house but like a country house mm-hmm. a country house and you know surrounded by cows and, and horses where was this? and this was in Colombia and the name of the town is called Caucasia okay um so but my whole my whole family lived in the city in the big city in Medellin but I my dad actually um they had like his dad had a lot of land Uh, and that land was mostly in Caucasia, but, you know, a lot of uh, other lands around. So he took responsibility for taking care of this big country house. Mm-hmm. So that's why, but my mom was from the city. So she was from Medellin and she was also a city girl that mm-hmm. moved to the country house for love to be with my dad. So I grew up in the country house. Mm-hmm. And funny that we talked about this country house. I just want to say this really quick. The other day I was in a yoga class uh, at Yoga Malmo and the class was so great. It was just what I needed that day. And when I went into Shavasana, I went into such a deep, you know, when you go to class, sometimes you go to this like very nice Shavasana that Mm -hmm. is like, this is the reason why I do yoga. And sometimes it's just like, you know, Shavasana resting or whatever. But this was the best Shavasana in the world. So I went into a very deep meditative state. And then I started to go back to one of my earliest memories in the country house. And I was kind of astral projecting in a way I mean it was not like a huge experience because I was in a group of people but I was somewhere like my body or my mind went to that and then I not only played the memory but I like I got there in the house 
And I started walking around the house and touching everything. So remembering the colors of the cabinets, um, what was in the cabinets. Like I went to the kitchen and I remember what kind of glasses we had, what kind of silverware we had, where the bathrooms were, where my, the main room was. Uh, every single detail and texture and image and all these things. And I mean, we're talking about, I was in this house until I was like seven years old Mm -hmm. and then we moved seven or eight years old so when I told my dad that I was like that I had this experience my dad was like it's incredible all the details and the colors that you remember Mm -hmm. because you were so little and I was like I know and I don't think I like thought about it or even remember before in this experience I really think I traveled back (laughs) or something and went and and remember all this because the details that I was telling my dad and my dad is like oh my god this is insane like how can you even remember this I don't even I mean it's hard for me to even remember this but Mm -hmm. he confirmed like the colors and the textures and this detail (laughs) detail stuff like the way the closets are like the the doors of the closets how they were like carved into and things like that so anyways I just wanted to say that but do you still have that house in your family that's like the sad part of the story (laughs) that I didn't want to okay the sad part of the story because we had to sell the house at some point uh for you know financial trouble so we had to sell the sell the the country house I mean maybe the financial troubles just started after that but we sell we sold the house mm-hmm. the country house because my mom didn't want to live in, in the country anymore uh, or you know in the farm anymore and it was a lot to take care of it was mm-hmm. and it did start at certain things like my dad lost some of his um, equipment to work mm-hmm. on the land and my mom also had some troubles with what she was working with so the financial troubles started and just mm-hmm. you kind of give themselves some like maybe we move somewhere else and we sold we sell this house because it was it was a lot of money that we got for that country house so then we sold it and and the, how old were you then I was like eight. Eight. Yeah. Okay. And then when we sold the house, uh, oh yeah, when we sold the country house, um, the people that got it, mm-hmm. the people that bought it, they completely renovated and changed everything. Mm. So they made it more like a luxurious. And, and back then, you know, it's like the, you know, of course, back in Colombia, when we talk about the mafia and all this, uh-huh. you know, corruption and um, so the people that bought it had a lot of money to just you know do whatever they wanted with the country house so it was you know completely changed and we couldn't go back there anymore and nowadays that I was just when I told my dad this and he was like you know I drove by the other day and there's not even an entrance anymore because I don't know if the person that bought it you know got killed or went to jail or something Mm -hmm. like that and so nobody's taking nobody's taking care of the house anymore so the house is just there but it's you know abandoned Hmm. so it's an abandoned house now interesting Mm -hmm. which is sad because that house was in our family for a very long time but Mm -hmm. yeah and it's it's a kind of a I don't want to say super dangerous but it is kind of a dangerous part of Colombia at the moment because um yeah of course like you know um problems with um mafia and vandalism and mm-hmm. and things like that so it's it's not a place where I could just go yeah. and visit and, and revisit because it's it's not safe at the moment mm-hmm. yeah interesting <laughs> yeah, it's well, very interesting what yeah. a story <laughs> what a story and what we actually did for today's episode we wrote down a couple of questions for each other since this will be new Completely new to each other. Yeah, to each other and for you guys. And also fun to, you know, ask these things that you might not ask other friends because you don't think about it. But even though someone grew up, like, maybe in a town, like, very close by, you don't ask them these things. So it's actually interesting to think about that. Yes, it is. Okay. So you want me to ask you the first I can ask you the questions I have some questions for Lina okay (laughs) but Lina before I ask you the questions like you Mm -hmm. grew up in Malmo yeah yeah and a little bit outside of Malmo can't really say outside it's called Limham so it's close to the water from here so it's with car like from the city of Malmo it's like 10-15 minutes and to bike there would be like 30 minutes 
And you lived so, there until you were? I lived there until I, um, I moved to the States the first time. So that was after high school. So then I went to the States for a year and then I came back. So I bas- basically lived in Sweden. I only lived in Malmo. Nice. Yeah. I don't think about that, but yeah. So yeah, I grew up here, but, and then I've been. Did you like growing up in Lindholm? Yeah, I did. It's, it, so compared to your, your upbringing or maybe the area, what it's now, but it was very safe. It's like, well, of course we locked the door, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, it was very safe. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to go out and play in, in, in the streets. Like there are barely any cars. They're like, oh, just watch out for cars. And we're there out there with my brother was on his skateboard and I was on rollerblades and we're playing with other kids in the neighborhood and, you know, running around. We had some of our good friends. They live like two or three blocks away. And it's like, oh, we're going to run over to their place. It's like, oh, oh of course. And we were small, but mm. like it was very safe. The, the place where I grew up, where I was living there, and we kind of left when he started to get a little dangerous. Mm-hmm. But when I was there, it was really safe, actually. Uh-huh. The, the times where I, I was living there, uh-huh. it was very safe. Which is a good thing. I yeah, mean, I'm sure yeah. that Sweden was safer than yeah. Colombia. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. I think it just. But it's it not is. like you felt scared. But it's not. Yeah, not that I was, you know, scared or anything yeah. like that. Like it is now. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, very nice. Interesting yeah. to know. Yeah. Okay, we should so, go on a tour. I should show you around, like where I grew up and like all of these things. Yeah, because we can go. Yeah, I would show you around, but I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> But you don't want to go there. Yeah, I think <laughs> I pass somewhere else in Colombia. And okay. I don't want to scare anybody that wants to go to Colombia. Colombia is fabulous. Mm-hmm. David, my fiance, loves and loves and loves going to Colombia. Every mm-hmm. time we go, we've, come, we've gone a couple of times. He can't wait to go back. Has such a great time. I think it's just important to know where to go. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's... It changes all the time, so where you can go, where you cannot. and But there's many places that are very safe and yeah. beautiful and it's an amazing country. So just mm-hmm. just to put that out there. Yeah, but it's it's always like that. You know, any place could be scary. Some, you know, I have relatives living outside of the outside of Malmo, and they're like, "Oh, are you not scared in Malmo?" Oh yeah. You know, I'm like scared. Why should I be scared? But you know, it, it depends on the point of view you have or where. Because you, they say that Malmo, yourself. just so people that don't live in Malmo or Sweden, mm-hmm. they say that the Malmo it's like the most violent part mm-hmm. of Sweden. So I remember that David was like, "Well, where we're gonna move? <laughs> it's a little bit violent, and that's what they say." And I was like, "Well, I think I'm okay." You're like, "I'm from Colombia." <laughs> like, they listen, have listen, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been there. No, but sometimes Malmo nowadays is called crime city. And I sometimes get mad when people are joking about that because I never feel unsafe here. Me neither. So, you know. Mm. It's the same when I lived in Washington, D.C. It's like one of the states that's the most dangerous or most gun violence or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. psh, felt super safe. So it all depends. And you just, like you said, you need to know where you can go and where you shouldn't go. Like with anything else, don't be stupid. Yes, don't be stupid. Yeah. That's like Bottom tip line. for today. Yeah. <laughs> people, people don't be stupid. <laughs> okay, so Lena, what was a family belief that you carry with you until this day? Mm. What is a family belief that you still with you keep really close to your heart and that drives your life? Very interesting. I don't think, so I don't come from a religious family at all. And my grand, well, actually my grandma was kind of religious. So growing up, like, and my grandma and I were really, really close. My grandma on my mom's side. Um, so she had a lot of influence on me growing up. So, you know, at the time I'm like, oh, I believe in God. And she told me all of the, about the stories of the Bible. And it was more like storytelling and, you know, of course, as a kid, you're like, oh, I believe in this. And then I grew up and then I created my own values. And it, the values were the same, but it's just that I, I'm not a person that I believe in organized religion like that. You know, I believe in the values and like treat everyone with respect and, you know, be nice to your neighbor, whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. So good deeds. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, no, one thing. So. So, yeah. But one thing that I do 
really carry with me and that I think that that all of us do like in my family especially on my mom's side it's that my grandfather he always told us stories about growing up and they were really poor like they he had I don't know if it was five or six siblings and he said you know they had to when they walked to school and they didn't have like enough clothes so they took newspapers and wrapped them around their legs because it was so cold wow in the winter um you know my grandma grandparents they did really well like financially really well he you know he had my my grandma had her own cafe um this was before i was born and i think even before my mom was born but she was like an entrepreneur she had her own cafe my grandfather he was um a baker uh, and then he was a salesperson he was one of those people he could pick a, a rock from the ground and he would sell it to you and you would think like you you have to have this thing like yes, he was yes. a real salesman so that's you know, your grandparents yeah that's my grandparents, grandparents they did like yeah. so they you know from his stories like how he grew up to where he then was like they were doing well like they weren't rich or anything but mm -hmm. you know we were spoiled as kids because they're like oh they wanted to give us nice things and yeah, all which of that. is nice yeah which is really nice but we always were taught the value of money so not never to take anything for granted um so i think that's one of those things i really care you have to work hard nothing comes for free but work hard and do good and do it in the right way like don't fool people whatever like were you thought too when you say work hard um were you also guided to work hard and you know of course get money but enjoy it at the same time or like work 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 um I don't think they talked too much about that but I think I just saw that he loved what he was doing like even though he stopped working he always loved like being around like doing things that was like business stuff and things mm -hmm. like that so I never thought about anything being um like I didn't I didn't grow up think that work would be hard okay just enjoy know. it yeah. well you enjoy it then it yeah. doesn't become yeah. like yeah. it becomes a mm -hmm. nice thing mm -hmm. yeah I don't know I never thought about it it's interesting that you say that I haven't thought about that but yeah I didn't see it as like oh you because have I to feel go like some people like, when they grow up with families that are very hard workers and mm -hmm. things like that then when they get the money or mm -hmm. when they start to do well for themselves they have this guilt of um of enjoying the money and like mm -hmm. kind of sitting on on their fruits mm -hmm. because they feel like no I need to keep on working work 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 mm -hmm. because I just still don't deserve the fruits of my labor yeah no they weren't like that at all okay no mm -hmm. I never sensed that and, and so like it doesn't feel guilty for you to spend money on yourself and no. to do these things mm -hmm. and no, to, no 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 got it yeah no I didn't which see is that. really nice yeah that's nice yeah mm -hmm. so I think that's the biggest thing I got with me like work hard and you know never take anything for granted and you know of course also like treat people well treat people well <laughs> and what was your most challenging thing during teenager years it's so interesting because when I started going to therapy this is like two years ago and you start talking about like oh, okay your upbringing all that I'm yes. like you know in middle school or like growing up like you know when you become a teenager like 15 or 16 and whatever I'm like no I had a great time like growing up <laughs> yeah. like I I was probably in the like what you would call like the popular circle of, of people like we were like a bunch of girls and then a bunch of guys and we're hanging out everything was great so you were a popular girl yeah I wouldn't say I was the most popular one but you know but I was within that group the gang of, of yeah nice yeah so in school it was yeah but I didn't eat, I didn't feel like in our school that it was like a hierarchy. Like these are the cool people. These are the non-cool people. Okay. Like anyone could hang out a little bit, like especially in school. It wasn't, I didn't see it. I, I, hierarchy. Or yeah, no. And people were like that were, that some people were really bullied. Of course there were, but not in that sense that I've seen other places. Um or heard about like other friends like talk about how they grew up like it wasn't that extreme 
and maybe also because outside of Mount like where I grew up in Limham, like it was a smaller school, and you know, uh, us kids were like growing up in the same way. Like most of us like lived in a house, and you know, many had you know parents that were still together, and their grandparents might have lived close by, and you know there was a safety net or whatever. Also, like cultural black backgrounds were kind of the same. So it's kind of a bubble. A bubble, yeah. In that sense. Mm-hmm. So then getting out into the real world, you're like, okay, you realize it's not like that. So, but anyway, so I thought like my upbringing was, or those years, I'm like, I had such a great time. But then my therapist. for it. Yeah. Then my <laughs> therapist like, wait, <clears throat> last session you told me that you were on medication for an ulcer when you were in you know, eighth grade or whatever, Swedish eighth grade. I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay. You see that as like a great time? (laughs) I'm like, no, but you know, that was just, you know, a side thing, whatever. So what I've come to learn, like, you know, I suppress things. So then I'm like, okay, maybe things weren't great. uh, Because I have really real high standards for myself so I was always stressed out like I wanted to be good in school and then you know it's not that I wasn't smart but I wasn't the smartest so I had to study more than other people but that's very interesting but I was still like in the top layer because I did study a lot but then I was also having fun with my friends. So it's not like I was just at home studying. Mm. So like this balance. But it was stressing me out. And I think also growing up, like I didn't have parents that pushed me to be like, oh, you have to study. You have to be good in school. It was like, oh, you know, whatever you do, it's fine. It's great. You're great. Yeah, you're great. <laughs> so I'm like, I didn't get that pressure from home. But then on the other hand, my mom is like also an overachiever. And she's been burnt out like working really hard like too hard so So this goes back to the thing that i was saying is in your family is work 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 really hard Mm -hmm. without enjoying sometimes those things are so engraved Mm -hmm. that we don't even see them yeah yeah for my mom i think it's been like that more so than you know that generation before like yeah she saw her father work 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 Mm -hmm. but her mom was at home but then she carried that with her but I don't know if she's always enjoyed her work in the same sense but she's also like a perfectionist and Mm. she wants to do good so yeah even though my parents didn't tell me like it wasn't good enough like they said that but what I saw was something different it's something that I want to you know I want to break that circle I want to break the chain of many things in my lineages like lineage of of my family so that's one of those things, like, okay, it's one thing to say something and another thing to do something. So mm. I probably did as my mom did, more so than what she said. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah, I, I think it was like a tough time, but also a fun time. Yeah. And good thing that you always remember. I mean, yes, we if we're suppressing things, we always remember the good stuff, which is mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um, but also nice to work mm-hmm. on the stuff that we are suppressing so we can see it, you know, for yeah. what it is. Yeah. Okay, now I want to ask you one question. Okay. Um, no, but I have one more. Yeah, you... but then you can ask me that question after. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, so what in your background do you think has formed you the most? Very interesting question. I... I have a few things that have formed me the most in many different ways. I think I moved so much in my, like not so much, but I moved, you know, from a very small town to the big city, from the big city to another country, from another country, um, from one city to the next one, and from that next one, another country now. So I feel... How old were you when you moved to the States? I was... 15 okay uh 16 16 when i moved to the states Mm -hmm. so i think that you say what was the question again what has formed you the (laughs) most? what has formed me the most so i believe that what has formed me is in 
funny thing that I've been talking to this about this warrior that I am. Mm -hmm. And I think that because of the circumstances where I grew up, I had to be like a warrior in many, in many ways. Like I had to, to, I don't know, to kind of stand up and be like a very strong figure for many things. So for yourself or for your family or for, for both, your... for myself <laughs> and for my family. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the things that for me the most in the way that I am, I mean, this is just, this is such a broad question mm -hmm. and like hard question to, to, to put on. But I think two things first, well, one of the things that for me from living in Colombia is to have this sense of openness and being able to relate to people in very different ways to see the world in not a bubble but like in a you know third world country mm -hmm. and to yeah to get to see like that yeah. that and then move move from that to uh you know an america mm -hmm. and then have that background with me and another thing that also for me a lot uh, I don't know if it's in a good or by way but that's just supposed the way it was supposed to turn out and it was that the fact that um, my parents divorced when we for the second time they divorced when we moved to the states and that was when I was 16 years old um, and then my my dad moved with us but then he moved back to Colombia and when he moved back to Colombia it was just my sister my mom and I living in Miami And so I became the father figure. Mm -hmm. So I was a strong support for my mom and a very, very strong uh, and a, like a, a figure for my sister. So I became like, I don't think I had like my childhood kind of like even just like, I don't even think I have like a great childhood because I was always just trying to be a grown up yeah. <laughs> or like being, being a grown up because I feel like I'm old when I, even when mm -hmm. I was born, I'm just old old woman <laughs> but anyway but that's when he really kicked mm -hmm. and I was I had to to be the support and the strong figure for my mom uh I was her best friend and I was like her biggest uh supporter and mm -hmm. if any any big decisions that a child when he's 16 should not make I was making them because mm -hmm. she needed that like second opinion mm -hmm. and then for my sister as well like how I grew up how I made friends everything she would emulate everything mm -hmm. I did which this annoyed me so much but she did everything I how did how much younger is your sister three years younger three years three is two mm -hmm. years younger so I think that that for me in a way like that just created that part of me that feels like a warrior like a parent mm -hmm. so I became my dad for many things um so I had many responsibilities like as other you know friends of mine would just be you know quotes fucking around fucking fucking around mm -hmm. and just you know being teenagers and doing you know stupid stuff mm -hmm. for me it was more like no I have to be very responsible and I have to make sure that I do these things and I had a lot of pressure on myself mm -hmm. so that formed me in a certain way mm -hmm. um, like again I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing but it's just something that needed to happen yeah. that something that I needed to step into and that formed me in many ways needed or it just happened hmm Maybe it needed to happen. Yes, or it just absolutely. Abso it Who just, knows? Like, it, it doesn't, doesn't yeah, matter. Exactly. Like, but that it, it has formed you. It's yeah. formed you. Yeah, absolutely. But how was it like the language, like coming from Colombia going to the States? Did And that goes back to like, you know, when I, I was living in this small country, in this small town, and I wanted to be a big city girl. Mm -hmm. So I needed to prove myself. I needed to cover up that I was like this failure. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I, I have this thing that I think like people, if people get to know me too much, they're going to, they're going to know that I'm like uh, a fake, that mm -hmm. there is like nothing in there, which is really mm -hmm. weird to think about it. But my whole life, I've been trying to cover up for people not to think that I am like this fake. But I think it's because I always was really ashamed of where I come from. But it's so, interesting just to like cut you off, but that you've been looking for a teacher, like getting affirmation <laughs> from someone, someone else saying like, no, no, this is okay. No, you can't do this. Yes. Like instead of like checking in and like building that from within, which I think you are doing mm -hmm. and you have been doing. Thanks. Yeah. But it, it is, it's very engraved within mm -hmm. me to, to make sure that they know that I'm worth worthy mm -hmm. of and that I'm not less off because I do feel on the inside that I am less off. Mm -hmm. So what was the, the thing you said? 
I don't even remember. No, with the language. Like with the language, from, yes. Yeah. So then, so then, of course, grow, going from Colombia and having no English. I mean, the only thing I needed, I, I knew, and I remember this perfectly, it was like, I am Daniela, was the one thing I knew, I mean, for sure. And then the other one, super random sentence was, I, I like to go to the park. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, I didn't even, like, I wasn't what a kid that grew up going to the park or anything. No, but it was just a thing. Like, I like going to the, like, I like to go to the park. But that was like the sentence I knew. And mm-hmm. I, I, I knew that it was something about going to a, a park, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know what I was saying. Anyway, mm-hmm. so that was when I moved, when I was 16, I moved to the States with those two phrases <laughs> in my belt, <laughs> under my belt. And that was um, scary to navigate. I'm not going to say it was an easy thing mm-hmm. to navigate, especially, you know, when you're a teenager and on top of insecurities, on top of all mm-hmm. the shadows and on top of thinking that they're going to know eventually that I am a fake and that I'm a failure and that I know nothing mm-hmm. was this language barrier. Mm-hmm. So when I grew up and we were hanging out and, and they were all talking English and making jokes, it was as this like stress within me because I would laugh of course otherwise it would be really Mm -hmm. awkward Mm -hmm. and I would laugh and then I always just pray for them not to ask me Mm -hmm. what do you think or why are Mm -hmm. you laughing or I would just be like I'm just gonna look somewhere else or look down Mm -hmm. or look on the side so they think that I understand but I really have no idea what is going Mm -hmm. on and when you went to school did you go to a so when I, I was going like, to school uh, and I was going to like, um, like you'll, I think, I don't remember the name of the thing, but it was like every, my, my schedule looked like, but the, the thing is when I moved my first, my very first classes, when they gave me the schedule, it was this lady that really was like so mean and she didn't know that I didn't speak English because she didn't let me speak or explain myself. So she gave me a schedule for a normal speak English speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just going to this like science and English <laughs> and all these things. And I didn't understand anything. No, because you only knew how to go to the park. Yeah, until exactly. <laughs> <laughs> until I told one of the teachers, like, how do I learn the language? I think it was after a few weeks. And then they moved After me. a few weeks? I think so. You had been sitting there. You're like, mm-hmm. well, the, there were people that were really nice. And because this is Miami, of course, there's a yeah. lot of kids that are from Venezuela and mm-hmm. from Colombia so the Spanish is it's mm-hmm. talked all the time yeah. but where the teachers were saying had no clue no. I had no clue um, so they switched me and my schedule looked like the first uh, the first period that's how mm-hmm. you call it like mm-hmm. first period second period the first period of every day mm-hmm. during the five days of school I was going to it's like a learning English pro- okay. program so it was for people that didn't speak the mm-hmm. language and that was like so great because I was finally like okay like mm-hmm. it's okay if you don't speak the language because we're gonna teach you so mm-hmm. it, was, it was a great thing That's but then the other classes were they in english yeah they were and i remember oh wow talking about that talking about that i remember my english teacher i don't think she was the nicest but i don't think I and mean, she wasn't mean but she was just you know not really a loving warm mm-hmm. person just very you know strong cold in a sense and there was this we had to read a book which I had my best friend, Sabrina, just to put it out there. My yeah. best friend uh, read it mm-hmm. and she wrote the essay, like, you know, because you have to read the book and then mm-hmm. write an essay about it. And she did that for me because she was super smart. And it was so easy for her to write essays mm-hmm. and she loved it. Mm-hmm. So she did that for me. But then the teacher added like a bonus that everybody mm-hmm. had to do. And it was we had to do a presentation on our essay. <gasps> And you had no idea. What I had said. no idea. I never, I hadn't uh, written the book, read the book mm-hmm. because I didn't understand anything. It was a very complicated book at the time for me. And I even didn't write the essay. So I stopped going to school. I think I faked that I was sick for a week. <gasps> Uh, and then when I went back, I was like, she's going to forget about this. She's just going to give me, uh, you know, she's going to fail that thing for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if I fail because I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's going to forget it. Mm-hmm. And of course, the day I come back, she's like, oh, we're going to, you know, go into this. But now that Daniela has come back to class, okay. maybe she want to come forward and talk a little bit. That was like, I'm going to go to the park. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> can I just go to the park? <laughs> <laughs> oh, or to 
the bathroom at this yeah. point. I want to throw up. This is oh horrible. God, I'm, I'm stressed out. Just, just to this. listen. First of all, that you're cheating. Second of all, that you're not going to school. <laughs> <laughs> this has never happened to me. So I, um, yeah, I had to stand up. And, and at some point she was like, okay, I get it. Like, I tried to talk about the book, but my voice wasn't. I couldn't, you know, put yeah, sentence you, together. I couldn't yeah. really talk too much. So I said a little bit, but she kind of got it. And she was like, okay, you can sit down. And then um, she talked to my friend mm-hmm. that was in the class too to tell me that like it was okay for me not to do that presentation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Did and she, that I did she get talk. that your friend wrote that essay as well? No, I, I mean, I think she, in yeah. her mind, she's like, of course she didn't write this amazing mm-hmm. essay. Mm-hmm. Because you could barely form a sentence. Because I could barely form a sentence. Yeah. But she, she, I think she just let it yeah. go. I, I, you know, luckily didn't fail the class or anything. How did you do it in school then? I don't know. That's the first a, I mean, year I'm a very really resourceful hard. person. So just remember that I had to be the parent of a, of a family. Yeah. So I am very resourceful. And that's one of the things. Like, mm-hmm. I can make things happen somehow. And <laughs> I did. I graduated high school, you guys. <laughs> did you pay them some money? Some mob uh, money? I actually, no, I, I did. I did. I did graduate it. And I studied and I learned the language and... It's very impressive. I had a, yes, yeah. it is. But I, I, I had a lot of help, you know, from Sabrina and from mm-hmm. friends. And and yeah, and I did my best. And one of the, I, I have to say this, one of the frustrating things was when I was back in Colombia, mm-hmm. I was an, a, one of the best students. And my writing in, in Spanish was very advanced. Mm-hmm. So I used to write short stories with, you know, metaphors and with language. Um that was very advanced for my age. So I had a lot of like um, uh, compliments from teachers that read my stories, uh, my short stories, because my, you know, my words and my dictionary in that Mm -hmm, sense mm -hmm. was uh, beyond my, Mm -hmm. my age. And it was because I used to read a lot of complicated books in Spanish. Mm -hmm. So because my Spanish was such complex language, like Mm -hmm. it was just not like a, you know, a little girl's language. It was so hard for me to translate to the English because they yeah. wanted me to be as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. And when I wanted to say something, the words that I was trying to translate were kind of like complicated and advanced and kind of ancient yeah. in a sense. So I had to kind of like stupidize. I don't even, that's a word, but stupidize, like make myself stupid in a way, like mm-hmm. make myself more basic yeah. to be able to learn the language. Yeah, how kids talk how kids talk. Mm -hmm. And that's what I had to do. So that was very complicated because when somebody told me, let's write an essay, I really wanted to do it Mm -hmm. in a very, very nice way, Mm -hmm. the way I knew it, but I couldn't translate that to to English because it never translated well. I can relate to that. So when I moved to the States, I liked liked writing as well, Mm -hmm. like growing up. And then moving to the States, like language, like second language is hard. Like you can't just translate it. And many times when I was speaking to someone, I was looking for a word, but I couldn't find a word. So I had to talk around something. So everything took <laughs> such a long time. I'm the qu- I was the queen of talking around oh something. <laughs> but then all of a sudden it's like, ah. Yeah. But yeah, so, but that's, I got gotten into writing a little bit again, like here and back in Sweden. But for a while, I felt like I, I'd lost both languages because I did my master's in the states so I was writing everything in English so it was kind of a high level but of course I wasn't as good as an American Mm. and then writing in Swedish I Mm. never wrote like anything more academic in Swedish like higher level so then I'm like okay now I know none of the languages perfectly but like when I was younger I was really really good at writing in Swedish but Mm. now I'm like oh it's a little bit sad <laughs> Not anymore like, yes like, eh. yeah. yeah 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 i mean i can't write in spanish the way i used to anyway yeah no. I, I did lost that and i were to make space for the english mm-hmm. very interesting okay more questions um mm, do you have a favorite tradition growing up a favorite tradition you know my family I mean, of course, in our culture and like Colombian culture, we have a lot of traditions. 
but in my specific family like my mom and my dad weren't really into those kind of traditions like we used to go to the church until my mom was like you know what you don't really have to go if you don't want to Mm -hmm. um so I didn't have to go to church every Sunday and they didn't even go to church every Sunday even though my grandparents and like the family is very catholic i was going to say are they catholic very mm-hmm. catholic and and i still you know david and i talk about all this all the time because i still have so many like beliefs and like things about like being a catholic and what what i find to be a sin or what i find mm-hmm. to be not a sin and things <laughs> like that but it's it's such a weird way because there's some things that i don't find um, that I find okay and there are some things that I just become a whole prude about mm-hmm. it like oh you can't do this this way or you what know. would be a sin I don't know I, I actually I can't really I can't really put a finger on uh-huh. it but but like you know showing your boobs too mm-hmm. much or mm-hmm. just like things like that mm-hmm. but I can't re- I can't really put a finger on it right mm-hmm. now but in a tr- but if you ask me about the traditions that I like I think I mean, not that I have many. So in general, the I think Christmas was a very s- special time for me. And mm-hmm. we actually celebrated the 24th, which is the same as Sweden. Oh, you did. Because in, in the States, they do it the 25th. So we do it the 24th. And that was such a, 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 a great thing. So before the day, it looks like this. We get up and we start to cook. And, you know, there's a lunch. But it's like regular lunch. And then by mm-hmm. the afternoon, um, they cook uh they start to cook like the big meal and things like that and you know everybody that is going to come and celebrate with us but i want to i want to know what you eat if it's similar i actually didn't want i didn't want to touch upon that but because it's not something that i'm very proud of but i will touch upon that just real quick so what would happen is that they will get a pig a Uh big pig Mm -hmm. and they will have it um in the lunch, we will go say bye to the pig and, mm-hmm. and thank the pig and, and kind of be with the pig for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then we will all stand around and then watch uh, somebody kill the pig. Mm-hmm. Like chase it and mm-hmm. got in, mm-hmm. and got it by the tail mm-hmm. and then actually kill the pig. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I don't want to say it, but it was kind of like a show. Like you go mm-hmm. and, and look how mm-hmm. how it is um, i do like that we did spend time with it before it mm-hmm. died and everything but anyway so then the kill the the pill the pig gets killed mm-hmm. and then that's when they start cooking oh. so they make mm-hmm. Everything they can make out of the mm-hmm. pig, so they use every single thing. I mean, the mm-hmm. nose, the eyes, uh-huh. the ears, the nails, everything mm-hmm. they put it on something, mm-hmm. which is a good thing at I least, you really know, good. Yeah. because then they are using the whole thing anyway so but it's a very big tradition Mm -hmm. and then they cook the whole thing and everybody comes in and 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 then and then my grand my granddad from my mom's side he would there was this little jesus like a plastic little Mm -hmm. jesus and he would like put like a dollar in it and wrap it with a like a band Uh and he will hide it for all the cousins to to look so, so that was fun. just like one of the highlights of the day because I mean not because you need the money or you want the money but just to get the reward the tre- of finding yeah, the treasure you know, hunt yeah. the treasure hunt so that was super super fun mm-hmm. and he will do it only a few times um and and we all just look for it and he would just find the places and that was a, a, also this was in a country house mm-hmm. um so it's such a big place and it was so fun to just go around and look for it. And then after that, we'll have dinner mm-hmm. and we will chant. I don't know. What's the things that you like the steps of the Jesus that you kind of sing? Yeah, it's like I think it's a Catholic thing. Yeah, that you I just have never sing. Heard that. I don't even know the name of it. But yeah, we prayed. We prayed mm-hmm. in, in the prayers and the singings. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that the the, you know, um, I know the name in Spanish and I can't really, uh, the Christmas, uh, tree. No, not the Christmas tree. The one that goes with the, I can't believe I can't remember this. The one that comes with the gifts. Oh, Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Thanks. I was like, Papa Noel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I would have guessed that. <laughs> Papa Noel. Anyway, so Santa would come, but he, Santa doesn't come until midnight. Oh, really? Can you believe that? Until midnight. But that's, so, that, that is interesting because in the States, he's coming at night. But you don't open the gifts until in the morning. Exactly. But because, so of course, we're Colombian. Everybody's drinking and is having oh, yeah, fun. Yeah. And the kids may go to bed. Like, I usually didn't. And kids be drinking. No. 
<laughs> but like the kids, like because you're just so um, you're hyper out of all. The yeah, sugar. you're so hyper, but you we, you fall asleep and they will come and wake you up. Like oh, Santa's here, Santa's mm-hmm. here. So they wake the kids in the middle of the night. Which now I think is like, why would you do that? <laughs> but they wake up the kids in the middle of the night, like twelve or one, to come and open the gifts. But what does Santa look like? No, you never get you don't to see, see Santa. No, it's just Santa, Santa just came. Yeah, yeah. And oh, of course, because you're sleeping, it. they're like, and you missed it. You were yeah. sleeping, but yeah. get up and so can you believe that? Then it's like, why didn't you wake me when we was yeah, here? Why didn't you wake me after? Because <laughs> then you're just so excited be? about the yeah, gifts that you're just course. like, I don't care. Just give me the gifts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's but it's been interesting to, to talk to David about this because in Sweden here, there have some many different ways to celebrate it. So mm-hmm. that's my Colombian way of celebrating mm-hmm. it. How nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. It's funny talking about Christmas now when it's so sunny outside and so warm. It's middle of, middle of the summer. But still, I'm like, oh, Christmas. And for me, my Christmas is summer. I mean, our Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's why I wonder I what Santa have, Claus looked I like. I didn't have <laughs> Because he couldn't come there with his... (laughs) (laughs) But he needs to be a little bit covered. He will come with shades. (laughs) Bathing suits uh, and a towel. (laughs) No, it was just regular Santa with her red and white. Really? Yes, yes. With thick clothes? Yeah, thick clothes. That's stupid. If you're but like, again, I never saw Santa. No. My, one of the things is that my aunt used to do, she would have her boyfriend mm-hmm. call my sister, call all of our cousins, mm-hmm. and he would say, he would make a voice of Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. So I would tell my friends that I had, this Oxygen. is such a spoiled, that I had direct connection to Santa Claus. <laughs> Like, I was like, you know, Santa Claus calls me on the phone. <laughs> and so, I would, do you have a message for him? You can talk to me. Seriously. So yeah. my, he would talk to me and my sister for hours about, and he was like, <laughs> so who was good in your class and who was not good in your class? Who's in the naughty list and who's so in the like, list? You better watch out. Yeah. Karen, like, oh, better watch this, out. This guy was so mean to the teacher. I don't think he should get any gifts. <laughs> Seriously, really? yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and now you just talk to spirits. No more Santa. Like, no more Santa. Now yeah. it's spirits. But okay. I do have yeah. a connect, yeah. a direct line yeah. to the spirits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So people better watch out. Yeah. So that was, I think it was a very sweet thing to do yeah. of my aunt. To just yeah, that's that very nice. Mm-hmm. I like it. One thing, what was the thing that you lied the most about when you were a teenager and a child? Oh, interesting. Um... I've never been much of a liar. Yeah, because you're a goody-goody. Yeah, I'm a goody-goody. So it probably gives me so much anxiety, like to lie. So I would probably not do it. But I'm sure there were things I I lied about. Like white, little white lies. Yeah, white lies, especially like to protect other people, other people's feelings, things like that. Mm. Or maybe not, like, I wouldn't say lie, more so not speak up. Yeah. I think that, like, it, as a teenager, I actually that think would, about, would be and much I, more... This has come up in my life a few times. It's like, when one thing is lying and another thing is not saying anything, mm-hmm. are they both considered lying? Yeah. Or is it just if you actually say it? But mm-hmm. if you don't say anything and you're supposed to, then it's mm-hmm. also a lie. Yeah. So I think that would be more so, like, if everyone liked the same guy, and then I'm like, or if my friend's like, oh, I really like this guy, and then maybe I liked him too, but I didn't want to say, because, you know... I don't yeah. know. Mm. Yeah, things like that. Little white lies. Goody, goody, little little white lies, but I didn't lie. Yeah, that wasn't my thing. But it's interesting talking about lies because now for this next week, I have my teacher's training. And one of the things we're going to do, good thing this podcast comes out after, but one of the <laughs> one of the homeworks they're going to get for the next session when we meet in a month is they're going to have a lie diary. So they have to write down their lies oh my. throughout that month. And I've actually done it in, in uh, some of my trainings as mm. well. It's very interesting, but I realize I don't lie that much, mm. but I do lie to protect other people, but it's still a lie. Mm. But for example, so in the States, if I was walking down the street and there was someone sitting there begging, they're like, oh, can you spare some change? I would say, sorry, I don't have anything. And maybe that was a lie because maybe I did have yes, a couple of coins yeah. in, my, in my pocket. So then I started realizing that, so I had to change like the language, what words I was using. So instead of saying, sorry, I don't have anything, I would say, no, I'm sorry. 
that that's More not a lie. Well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So things like that. But yeah. Did you lie a lot growing up? Probably. 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 Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I do remember it's we were at my cousin's place, or my no, my uncle and aunt. And they just had a baby, the second baby, and I was uh, carrying it in in the living room. And I was carrying it and, you know, playing with it. And all of a sudden, (laughs) this baby dropped off my lap and (gasps) hit her head on the glass table. And she started screaming and screaming and screaming. And he's like, what happened? What happened? And I blamed the first child. (gasps) Because she was just there and she couldn't really speak. Yeah. So I was like, oh, she did it. She did it. Because I was so scared of they were going to be, you know, so mad at me. (laughs) So I said, oh, it's her. And she just started crying. And she was like, mom, I didn't. I didn't. Like, she was like, no, 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 me, no, me, not me. And I was like, like, no, yes. Yes, she was. (laughs) She did it. She did it. (laughs) She is guilty. How? How? Maybe yeah. that's more of a demon than anything yeah. else. That, that's the demon we talked about in the last episode. <laughs> Absolutely. So anyway, and at some point I just couldn't, like, you know, she was really crying and they were like, you know, what happened? Exactly. To that, to her, they were being kind of mean to her. Of course, you drop mm-hmm. your, your, mm-hmm. your sister who is like probably about to die or something. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, no, it's, it's true. Like it was me at some point, but I mean, it took a while. Uh-huh. <laughs> it took a while. And then it was even worse because I yeah. had lied yeah. about it. Uh-huh. And yeah, but uh, I'm okay. I get They're okay. Thinking My cousins are okay. They're fine. Mm-hmm. Everybody's fine. But that was a big lie. And mm-hmm. I do remember that one. So I probably did lie a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I probably yeah. did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, you guys, for listening Mm -hmm. to this episode. I believe that this episode is so interesting and there's Mm -hmm. so much more that we could go into it that maybe we should do another one. As all the episodes, we could always extend and do a part two of all the things Mm -hmm. that we do. But thank you, Lena, for sharing. And thank you. And I also think we should put up a post on on Instagram and you could comment on more things that you would want to know about maybe our upbringing or our background or our beliefs or whatever it might be. And then we can, in a couple of episodes, add another one and talk a little bit more in depth. What do you think about that? I would love it if you guys do that. So please do. Don't forget to leave a review, to rate us and Mm -hmm. to support us as much as you can, to follow us on Instagram, look Mm -hmm. up on our website. There are many things are coming up. We have events coming up. We have a, uh, many, many things coming up on the website that I don't want to say, but almost, I don't mm-hmm. want to spoil it yet, but so many things. So please stay tuned. Okay. Until Bye. next time. Thank you so much for turning into Missed Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know your thoughts. Leave us a review and share it with your friends who might benefit from this conversation. 